Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, found where all your favorite podcasts are, whether that be Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Podio, wherever. I don't really know where you like to get your podcasts are, or where you'd like to get your podcasts from, but there's a good chance that you'll find the Locked On Braves and the Locked On Podcast Network in general on whatever your favorite streaming platform is. As for Atlanta Braves fans... Last night was rough. Um, Kyle Wright gets his first start back after being sent down for the past two weeks or so. What we heard at the trade deadline from Alex Anthopoulos was that Kyle Wright has looked absolutely amazing and that he had totally fixed himself and was ready and raring to take the job by the horns and run away with it. It was looking fantastic. Did we get that? We'll talk about it in a little bit. If you watch the game, then you already know the answer, but... Before we get into the Braves part of it, I do want to talk about uh, the Marlins pitcher. I know, I know, I'm not a Rom Layton, so I shouldn't be talking about the Marlins, but I'm going to talk about Sixto Sanchez anyway, because I've been waiting to watch him live uh, for for a while now, especially right, basically right after the Phillies traded him. Everybody's been wondering about Sixto Sanchez. This is the guy that was the real centerpiece in the deal for JT Real Muto, and last night you saw a reason why. This guy is absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm not sure what the pitch count ended up being as far as fastballs or whatever, but when I was keeping track, he had thrown 48 pitches, and 44 of them had been 95-plus. And of those 44, or what was it? I clocked 44 pitches, I think, in like the fifth or sixth inning, something like that. Uh, And 44 pitches had been above 95, and about 40 of those, at least 40 of those, were over 98 miles an hour. Sixto has a live, live arm, and he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, If you watch him, it it is eerily reminiscent of Pedro Martinez from the leg kick to everything else. Um, Has a 90-mile-an-hour slider and about a 90-mile-an-hour changeup to go with it. Uh, Unfortunately for the Braves, he was absolutely on point last night and honestly looked fantastic. Now, I know you might be confused if you were listening to the television broadcast in between bouts of political ad campaigning. Uh, You might be confused because they decided to talk about how Young pitchers these days aren't as good as back in the day because they don't have a thousand innings in the minor leagues. Um, and then they brought up Glavin and Smoltz as if that would reinforce their point, which it does not because you might be shocked to know this. Um, Max Fried has more minor league innings than John Smoltz. So that was a stupid talking point. Sixto Sanchez has more minor league innings than John Smoltz had. Um, they also mentioned about how you have to go to the bull. Back in the day, you'd go to the bullpen to learn your role. Uh, again, John Smoltz came up and went straight into the starting rotation. So, um, as per usual, take your broadcasting information with a grain of salt. Always fact check it because uh, there's a good chance that they're just kind of talking to fill the void there. Uh, but regardless, it was it was really fun to watch Sixto. I wish he hadn't been that on against my Atlanta Braves, or I wish that Kyle Wright had been able to match him. Unfortunately for Kyle Wright, it was a lot more of the same. We had heard at the deadline about how he changed everything and how he was looking amazing. When he came up, the, the most noticeable difference was his placement on the rubber, uh, about as far to the first base side of the rubber as you could possibly be. And his fastball looked a lot better. He was uh, had a lot more run on it. 
was sitting a little bit faster, about 95, 96, most of the time early on in the game. Um, wasn't missing arm side quite as badly, was staying out of the middle of the plate, which was nice. The problem was, while the fastball looked good, the slider looked far worse. And being on that far first base side of the rubber, coming down on the edge of the mound, basically, where, where the mound is, is rolling over, not very good for getting a, a, a good drive for that slider. And you could see that yesterday's his slider was not good at all. Last season, his slider was, was an incredible pitch. It was an elite pitch. This season, it has not been. It has actually been a pretty bad pitch. Uh, didn't see the curve from him at all. Saw, saw the changeup a little bit more, which is nice to see. Um, but for Kyle Wright, it was, you know, the, the question has been, all right, what does he do once you get to the fourth inning? What does he do once you get to the second time through the order? And unfortunately for Kyle Wright, last night was the exact same as, as what you saw before he got sent down. Um, did pretty good for the first two innings. Looked pretty good. Third inning was not good. Fourth inning was not good. Um, drew, threw a lot of pitches to get through his four innings of work. It was um, it, it was just more of the same. Once the dam broke for him, it, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And that's kind of a theme with Kyle Wright. And that's that's one of the things that you get with a lot of young guys. And that's one of the things that the Braves are are trying to get through. I mean, he went four innings, gave up five earned runs, two walks, three homers. The home run ball kind of killed him yesterday. Now, two of those were solo shots you can live with. One of them was a three-run homer, I believe. All of the runs scored against him came off of home runs, I, I believe. It might have been one run that came off of... Uh, one run might have scored based uh, off of off a base hit after he left uh, after he left the game, but uh, ended up having to throw eighty three pitches to get through those four innings. Uh, only forty seven strikes. That is not a, a ratio that you can be successful with. We've talked about it with Ian Anderson uh, about one of the things that makes him so impressive is that he's willing to attack the zone. And I will give Kyle credit; he did look to be attacking the zone early on. Then he got into trouble and he, he lost his release point completely, and, and then couldn't throw strikes. And if you can't throw strikes, and if you can't control and put your slider where you want to put it, and you don't have a change or a curveball that you want to use, and you don't really feature a changeup very much, you're not going to be successful at the big league level. So unfortunately for Kyle, last night was not the return of the big leagues that he was hoping for. It's certainly not the return of the big leagues that all of us were hoping for for Kyle Wright, especially after after hearing Alex Anthopoulos talk about how good he'd looked. Um, last night was certainly not it. Um, Speaking of Alex Anthopoulos, I'll talk about him uh, in just a second because I'm going to talk about if there's any other pitchers we didn't expect to see uh, as Max Freed does go on the IL. Now, they, they said it was, I can't remember what they said, if it was like back soreness or, or something like that. Essentially, Max has looked really run down both mentally and physically. I mean, it, it's not easy for a guy like Max who's really in his first, his second full season of starting. Um to have all these injuries in the rotation to essentially be the only reliable starter in that rotation since Soroka went down early on. Max has been the one carrying the full load. He's had all the pressure on him, and it's starting to show a little bit. I noticed it during the Boston series, his start against Boston, where he, he did not look happy. He, he looked like he was upset. He looked like he was disgruntled. And I'm I wouldn't be I'm wouldn't be shocked. I mean, if I were Max, I wouldn't feel very good about it either. Here I am carrying the rotation where every single fifth day it seems like I have to go out and be a stopper and I have to have all the pressure of, of ending a losing streak or or saving the bullpen and you have to go out there and you have to pitch that way. It's very high stress innings because you just you know you have to do this for your team to be successful. So it's a lot to put on a young player's plate, especially when he knows that there's no real help in the wings, as evidenced by the no movement at the trade deadline for the Atlanta Braves. And we'll talk we'll talk about that uh, inactivity at the deadline in the next segment. The other thing I want to talk about here is 
it looked for a while like the Braves were going to absolutely run away with the NL East because of how bad the East was. That's no longer the case. Philadelphia is right on Atlanta's trail. Um, last night they were a, a game and a half back. I got to look and see if they won last night. Actually, um, they did win last night, so it looks like they're about a game back or half a game back now. Maybe it's either half a game or one full game. I'd have to check the standings again. But regardless, the Phillies are right within striking distance now. The Braves do not have any extra opportunity to just laze around. For the, and yes, I understand half the league gets into the playoffs, but for the Braves, it's going to be very important where they seed because they decided they did not need to upgrade their starting rotation at all. Um, seeding is going to be very, very important. You need to be as high a seed as possible so you can play as low a seed as possible because I'm here to tell you that the Braves, right now, they are not set up very well for the playoffs, especially when you look at that starting rotation. How bad is that starting rotation? Ben, we'll take a look at that coming up next after the break right here on Locked on Braves. Picking the right protein bar used to feel like playing Russian roulette with your taste buds, but not anymore, folks. Thanks to the guys at Built Bar, you no longer have to make the choice between taste and nutrition. Built Bars are all natural, gluten-free, and made with 100% real chocolate. None of that fake stuff here. There's even a special line for people with nut allergies made in a special nut-free facility. With only 110 calories and up to 20 grams of protein, Built Bar really is the perfect bar for any occasion, whether that's for breakfast, whether that's before you work out, or any time in between. It doesn't really matter. And I haven't even told you guys the best part. They don't taste like a foot. If you get the peanut butter fudge, it tastes like peanut butter fudge. It does not taste like foot with a bit of peanut butter spread over the top of it. Just go to BuiltBar.com and take your pick of a wide variety of flavors. Just make sure you get the toffee almond. I promise you won't regret it. And as a reward for listeners, use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout and save $10 off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to save $10 off your first order. The perfect protein bar isn't a fantasy, it's built. Go to BuiltBar.com today and see for yourself. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked on Braves. I'm going to go ahead and get out in front of this. I'm apologizing to you guys right now if you were hoping for a pick-me-up episode. Uh, today's not the day for a pick-me-up episode. This is, this is a very annoying day. This is a very, very annoying place for this team to be right now, and I'm very, I'm very dissatisfied with where this team is right now, so it's going to reflect in today's episode, probably in tomorrow's episode as well, if today goes about the way I'm expecting it to go. Um, I talked before the break about just how bad Atlanta's starting pitchers have been and why playoff seeding is so important. If you guys want the numbers, uh, I'm going to give them to you in just a second. Before we go into that, I would be remiss if I did not mention the one really good piece of news coming out is that Ozzy Albies has been activated. He will be in the lineup tonight. Uh, Johan Camargo was optioned to the alternate site in a corresponding move. Now, why Johan and not somebody else? Um, more than likely, it's because Johan has options and... for the Since Johan made that error at second base on a flip to second base, he's been benched. And Adani Echeverria has been playing over him. And Adani's been swinging the bat much better than Camargo was, even if Adani's not swinging it that well himself. Uh, he, he's been hitting better than Camargo. So Camargo goes down to the alternate site, in which case I would I would start to think that he might not be in Atlanta Brave for much longer. And it might just be that time. It might just be time for, for the organization to part ways. Ever since the organization brought in um, 
Josh Donaldson the, this after the 2018 season when Camargo had such a breakout season. Um, things have just gone very much downhill for him. He has spurts where he, he looks like he's in sync body-wise, and then he just gets out of sync and his, he starts pulling with his upper body and his lower body drags behind, and it just it gets all out of whack. And unfortunately for Camargo, this year has been very bad for him offensively. Defensively, he's been fantastic, but unfortunately, offensively, he, he has just been out of sync from the word go. Um, so he'll go down to the alternate site, see if he can work on some stuff. Um, I wouldn't trust any reports you get because this front office doesn't seem to place a very high value on actually being honest. So whatever you hear, just take it with a grain of salt until you see him again, if you see him again. Um, so speaking of seeing him again, there's a few, few pitchers in the minors that we've been wondering since Alex decided that this team, he looked at the starting rotation and decided, eh, we don't really need an upgrade that badly. We've been wondering, and he decided he wasted no time in telling us how amazing everybody that got sent down has looked since going down there, talking about Kyle Wright being completely fixed, talking about Sean Newcomb reworking his mechanics and looking fantastic, said Bryce Wilson had looked awesome. Uh, didn't mention Tukey, but I would imagine he'd probably tell you the same thing about Tukey, uh, and talked about Mike Fultonevich. So before I go into Mike Fultonevich and my big beef with Alex Anthopoulos today, which probably could be a recurring segment uh, with the way that he seems to be running the Braves this season, um, people keep knocking Atlanta's uh, offense with scoring runners from third but less than two out, and I get it. The Braves are the f- number four team in baseball at getting runners to third base with less than two outs. Um, and it seems like they strand a lot of runners, and they kind of do. But if you look at the the rankings around the league, Atlanta is 15th in scoring runners from third with less than two outs. That puts them exactly in the middle. That puts them dead average at scoring runners from, sec- from third with less than two outs. Uh, it seems a lot worse because they get so many more runners on third base with less than two outs, um, but they're, they're not nearly as bad. They're not nearly the worst part of this team, is what I'm trying to say. Um, the worst part of the team is... Not the relievers either, who, as of Monday, were 5th in ERA, 4th in FIP, and 8th in XFIP, which is essentially uh, your fielding independent pitching with the home run rates normalized. So top 10 in all of those, top 5 and 2 out of the 3, and, and really, I don't, I'm not a big XFIP guy. Um, I'm, I'm usually more FIP-based, FIP and Sierra. Um, but let's talk about the real problem with the team, and that would be the starting rotation, the thing that Alex Anthopoulos has shoot an upgrade. As of Monday, Atlanta starters were 27th in ERA, 23rd in FIP, and 27th in XFIP. This is for a team that has one of the top three or four offenses in all of baseball, has a top five bullpen. Your starters are literally the reason why you are now struggling to stay ahead of the Phillies. I mean, this is it's it. If it weren't the Braves, it would be hilarious at this point. If this were happening to any other team, we'd be laughing at them all the time. The Braves are doing their best impersonation of the Mets right now, and it's absolutely mind-boggling that this wasn't addressed at the deadline. And you cannot succeed if you've got a back bottom third starting rotation. You're not going to be successful. You might beat bad teams during the regular season, but you're not going to be successful in the postseason because having two or three bullpen games in the postseason is not going to work, which is one of the reasons why seeding is so important and why it's so important that the Braves win their division, which is why it makes Brian Snicker's choices over the last series even more head-scratchingly painful is that, dude, you are not in a position to give away games. And being unwilling to use your best relievers in a one-run game because you only want to use them if you're ahead is absolutely mind-bogglingly stupid. And I don't don't know 
what needs to happen with Snicker. I'll have another episode. We'll talk about, I'll have a special Saturday episode where we'll talk about that because I don't really have time today. I want to get back into, I want to place the blame where I firmly do believe it belongs. And that's on Alex Anthopoulos, who just cannot keep his mouth shut. So you see what the starters have done this season. And you think, all right, so the Braves should definitely be looking to add, uh, I don't know, an actual starting pitcher. And you you could be forgiven for thinking that. You'd think you're a playoff team. You have one of the worst starting rotations in all of baseball. So you'd think, hey, maybe we'll actually, you know, add to that starting rotation so we're not throwing Robbie Erland, so we're not throwing Josh Tomlin. Hey, they did add Tommy Malone, but it's not like Tommy Malone has been good for anything but this season in his entire career. And even this season, he's been he's been okay, but he hasn't been good good. But no, the Braves decided that the cost of acquisitions for everybody, not just Lance Lynn or Mike Clevenger, the cost of acquisitions for everybody was apparently too much for them to handle. And so Alex wasted no time coming off the trade deadline to talk to us about literally basically 15 minutes after the trade deadline ended and the Braves didn't add a single person. He wasted no time going on air to talk about how how awesome Mike Fultonevich has looked and how he's he's backed up to 94 miles an hour. He's put on 20 pounds. He looks great. And talking about Sean Newcomb, he's totally changed his mechanics and he's throwing fantastic. And Kyle Wright, he's been down for two weeks and he's looked perfect. He's fixed everything. And Bryce Wilson, man, he's throwing strikes and looks awesome. Well, unfortunately... When you put these guys on the big league roster and you get them into big league games, we can see if you were telling us the truth or not. Now, obviously, of last night, Kyle Wright did move, and he did look better at times. He also looked much worse at times because if he doesn't have his slider, he doesn't have his best pitch. And if he doesn't have his best pitch, he's going to be a worse pitcher down the line. Um, we don't know where Newcomb's at, but I think it's a pretty fair guess to say that judging by Alex's tendency to, shall we say, stretch the truth a little bit, uh, I think that we can say probably Newcomb is, is not where he's at. We saw Bryce Wilson, uh, and we saw him in a spot where we should have seen him in a blowout game, and he did not look any better, got hit hard. I mean, the final three batters, he did he did look better towards the end of that outing, but got hit really hard again. Um, the bigger issue is Mike Voltanevich, because one of the Braves beat writers, David O'Brien, uh, the athletic writer. I shouldn't say Braves beat writer. It may seem that way, but he technically doesn't work for the team. He just sounds like it. But he asked Alex Anthopoulos, or Alex was asked on 92.9, uh, was asked about, uh, could they see Mike Fultonevich back up after, you know, talking about how great he's looked and how he's back up and his velocity's back up and his weight's back up. And Alex had this to say, and I quote, he continues to work extremely hard, but it's hard for me to put any type of expectations at this point. He's doing everything he can. His work ethic has been off the charts. So my question and my problem with that is you told me after not adding anybody to the starting rotation that Mike Fultonevich has looked amazing and that his fastball velocity is back up and, and that he's looking great. And yet here you are in dire straits in your rotation where now your only reliable starter and Max Freed is now on the IL really just for one start, but on the IL nonetheless, which leaves you with a rotation of Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, Robbie Erlin, Josh Tomlin, and Tommy Malone. And now you're telling me that you don't want to put any expectations on Mike Fultonevich. Well, that ship kind of sailed when you took your time to try to distract from the fact that you didn't add anybody by telling me about how great Mike Fultonevich looked. So either you were lying about that, which is exactly what happened, or you've got some other galaxy-brained idea, and you're just 
really, this is my problem with Alex Anthopoulos. And again, I'll probably talk about this in my special Saturday episode. Saturday is going to be a, a bad episode if you're looking for um, if you're looking for something to make you feel really good about the Braves. Saturday is not going to be the episode. That's going to be a venting episode for me. Um, this is something that I cannot stand with Alex Anthopoulos. He he treats the GM position like he's a like he's a political aspir he's like he has political aspirations. He does not tell the truth. He tries to obfuscate and distract at every opportunity, and this happens all the time. And I've talked about it before where he says things like, oh, well, the trade value wasn't there. Oh, the money value wasn't there. Basically, whenever he fails to add a big move, whenever he fails to actually do something like, you know, add a pitcher to one of the worst rotations in baseball, he'll come out and tell you all this stuff. And then once it comes time for people to actually see whether he was telling the truth or not, Oh, lo and behold, he's not telling the truth. Oh, lo and behold, we can see that Kyle Wright is obviously not fixed, but anybody should have known that he was not going to be fixed in two weeks. If he was going to be fixed in two weeks, Merrith would not be the pitching coach in Gwinnett. He'd be the pitching coach for the big league club or somebody else's big league club. So, again, it's just a stupid lie that serves no purpose, and it makes people angrier. It makes things worse than if you were to just shut up and not say anything. That's my big issue. You don't have to say you don't have to say anything. You don't have to open your mouth anytime you fail to do something. You're trying to get ahead and distract people because now you get into a situation like this where we're like, okay, cool. Well, Fulty's looking good again. That means we can call him up and it'll be, you know, just like the second half last season, right? Oh, hey, I know I said that, but uh, I don't actually believe it. So I, I don't have any expectations of him actually making the big league club. So. Yeah, here's Robbie Erlin again. So that's that's where I'm at with Alex Anthopoulos right now. I know this was a bummer of an episode. I'm going to try to be a little bit more upbeat for Thursday. But it's really hard right now because it, I'm, I'm very frustrated and I'm very annoyed with what I'm seeing from the Braves. Last night was just annoying all around as they seemed to want to spend uh, a full inning and a half on a political ad campaign with Brian Kemp, which... I don't care who you vote for. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. Um, keep that away from my baseball broadcast booth when there's a game going on. I don't care if you interview a baseball player or somebody who can contribute something to a baseball conversation. But last night was nothing but a full innings worth of a political ad campaign, and it brought absolutely nothing, and it brought the broadcast right down, and it looked it, – it was – those are one of my least favorite things of, of anything to do with sports, period. When – you decide to basically just say, screw all the people who are actually trying to watch and listen to the game. Let's bring on this political ad campaign that nobody cares about and nobody wants to hear. And by the way, if you're one of those people that had a problem with you know, uh, the Black Lives Matter protests, but you were okay with Brian Kemp being on and vice versa, then that's why you look like a hypocrite. Um, either way, keep that crap off of my keep that crap off my game. If the game is going on, talk about the dadgum game. It's not that hard to do. It's a pretty simple job, and you get paid a lot of money to do that. If you want to do a political ad campaign, play it during the commercials. Or how about this? Go do it on C-SPAN. I don't want to watch that when I'm watching the Braves game. I know, very frustrated, very angry, Dylan. Today, I apologize. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit nicer things tomorrow as hopefully Ozzy can come right back in and be a real spark to this lineup and get the Braves on a, on, a, on a nice run again. Makes the lineup look a lot deeper. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Hopefully, it'll be a nicer episode. Uh, and again, we'll have a special Saturday episode this week because I didn't get one on Labor Day or yesterday. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and end the episode here before I have a coronary. Hopefully, you guys stuck with me through the end of the episode. Hope If you guys are right where I am, don't feel bad. I feel your pain. I'm with you guys. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow right here on Locked on Braves. Oh.